Hey, this is Randall. And this is John. From the Don't Wake the Kids podcast. You're listening to our favorite podcast, Weird. Weird. I hope you're ready for some funny. Ace Podcast. Weird. What's up? You feeling better? You no. feeling better? What? No. What is wrong no. with you? I don't know if I knew that. Well, go to the doctor man. I've been to the doctor man and the doctor woman. <laughs> what? What they say? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You've had this like two years now. No, I've had it for about a month. You've had it for a long time. It's about a month. I, I Why we to, do we have to just bring this up every time? Well, I want to know how you were feeling. I still haven't gotten the fruit basket. And I still haven't gotten the 20 tacos on my front porch with a banjo with You're three kidding. strings. That didn't show up. The squeegee and Frampton Comes Alive B-side on 8-track. They don't want you to know they're out there. That's the way they operate. And I, just for the record, I haven't said anything about doubting them or anything about testing them. I'm just reporting news. You're the one that's playing with them. I think they're full of crap. Oh, man. The Illuminati. Look at this. We're Illuminati. We're special club. Ooh. <laughs> We control everything. Ooh, look at us! I've done the top story stinger. We're so, we're so awesome that we stay in top the dark. Story. They control everything, man. They're not controlling me right now. I know. If they were, you'd already gotten into the top story because I've done the stinger twice. Do it one more time. You just like to say stinger top story. Stinger flight with eighty-five plumbers on board forced to return to airport due to toilet. It sounds like the start of a joke. How many plumbers does it take to fix a plane toilet? As it turns out, even an aircraft full of handymen might not suffice, as demonstrated on a recent Norwegian flight. Flight, flight DY-1156 took off from Oslo Gardamon. Gardamon? Gardamon? Gardamon! At 9.34... That just became French. Nine, uh, 9.34... No, no, back up. 9.34. 9.34 dot <laughs> took off from Oslo at 9.34 a.m. on 27 January, headed for Munich. However, the aircraft only got as far as the Swedish border... Swedish. ...before it had to turn back. It's Swedish border. Circling four times overhead, Mark, to get rid of excess fuel and landing... Uh, and then landing at Oslo. You think Mario was on board? He's Italian. Yeah, but he's, it didn't say what the plumbers were. It didn't say their origin. Oh, that's true. You mean him and Luigi? <laughs> yes. No, because it's they me. no because they would have been able to fix it. Uh, well, that's true. Or at least jump down the pipe and disappear. <laughs> the flight was aborted as a result of a problem with toilets on board, according to Norwegian communications advisor Fat, Fatima El Kadi. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Fat Mama El Kadi. It is true. DY 1156, which was to fly from Oslo to Munich, had to return to Oslo again when they found an issue with the toilets on board. More this she morning. She told Dag Bladett. <laughs> I love it. Dag Bladett. That's what it says. A Norwegian news site. The irony. Dag Bladett. Dag Bladett. The irony is that around 85 of the passengers were plumbers, many of them from Rorkjop, Rorkjop, Porkjop, plumbing company. The CEO, Frank Olson, said he would have liked to have a crack Frank at it. Frank Olson. Yeah, Frank Olson. That's the guy. the CEO of, 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 of Pork Chop Plumbing. 
Uh, he wanted to have a crack at it, but was thwarted by a technicality. We would have loved to like to fix the restrooms, but unfortunately it had to be done from the outside, and we did not want to risk sending a plumber to work at 10,000 meters. <laughs> Hootie tail. He told Dag Blatt <laughs> There was a good atmosphere in the plane with... What, with all the irony about the broken toilets? I bet they were laughing. Hans Christian Anderson. No, I'm just kidding. No. Hans Christian Ogdart, Ogdard, Ogdegard, a plumber from uh, company Ulstein, added, so many plumbers on a plane and it has to turn around because of toilet trouble. There's a good humor in that. <laughs> That's a great story. I picture, I picture Mario, Luigi, and the little Muppet chef all on the plane. Dag blat it! <laughs> Headline is, now this is a story we've been teasing for two episodes. Headline is, McDonald's world famous french fries, in quotes, may be the cure for more than just hunger, Craig. I mentioned this earlier on the other show, and you didn't want to listen to it. You know what our McDonald's has back? You know what's, you know what's back? Flies. Not the McRib. Ugh. Flies. You ever had a McRib? Yeah. Disgusting. All right. No, it tastes like cardboard with a little sauce on it. You're a guy that likes Taco Bell. But what they've got back, they got the... The Grande Big Mac is back. Don't remember that. Oh, I do. They made like oh. a, it's just a giant one. Yeah, just a reason to have 2,000 calories. Oh. So I had two of them. Is that bad? Uh, you should be dead. Two Grandes. If I, if, if those At ham- the same sitting. If those, hum- if those hamburgers were the Illuminati, you'd be, mm-hmm. you'd be dead. <laughs> what if the Illuminati was dressed up as those hamburgers <laughs> so they could be secretive? Stop it. A Japanese stem cell research team may have found a way to eliminate baldness by using an ingredient in McDonald's French fries. Can't wait to hear you say this ingredient. The scientists from Yokohama National University discovered the chemical. What is that? Dimethylpoxysilosilose. DPS, a silicone used in McDonald's fry oil to prevent splashing. Are you telling me there's silicone in McDonald's fry oil? That's why the fries look brand new, like, a year later. Ah, ugh. But, to be fair, I've never had a problem with those, sp- those fries splashing when I swallow them. <laughs> anyway, that silicone could be used to produce hair follicles on mice. Are there bald mice that need... There are bald mice. Do they need this? Do they even want this? Well, the little toupees keep falling off their heads. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> The scientists from Yokohama National University discovered the chemical. Uh, the simple method has proved widely successful in creating hair follicle germs. I've heard this somewhere before. So McDonald's uses fry oil with silicone in it that produces germs. Sure. Or cells that help grow hair follicles. They use that dimethylpolysilazane. DPS. Yeah, DPS. The research team credits the use of DPS and the groundbreaking breaking experiment that has resulted in, in thousands of stimulus sim, si- simultaneous <laughs> simultaneous hair follicle germs the key for the mass production of hfgs was a choice of substrate materials for the culture culture vessel professor Junjay the Fulana vessel said we use oxygen permeable pdms at the bottom of the cultural vessel it worked very well why couldn't you just eat these french fries and grow hair? If that was the case, we should have hippies everywhere. Maybe that's why our hair's so good at our age. Yeah. You and I both have good hair. I'm yeah. proud of my hair. I got lots of hair. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're hairy guys. Yeah. Well, trust me. I mean, you're hairy. Like a, you're like a caveman. I've got just plenty of hair on the top of my head. Once the you're HFGs... You're like one of those Bigfoot shows. It's the HFGs. Except you're really, really small. Can I finish? 
<laughs> were transport transplanted onto the backs of the mice, new black hairs began to sprout in those areas. It wasn't just mold. The technique created 5,000 HFGs simultaneously and reported new hair growth from the HFGs after transplantation into the mice. Though the method has only been used in mice. See, this always bothers me. They test all this stuff on mice and rabbits and whatnot, but we're not mice, rabbits, and whatnot. We're humans. We're different. We might be a little bit of whatnot. Maybe a little whatnot, but test this on. Find some. Find a bald. Why don't they just find a bald man? I'm sure there's some desperate bald people. Yeah, they would have What are we going to do up? when we've eradicated baldness in, in the world? Who will we look for when we need to see a bald person? Well, there's people that are bald by choice, too, that just shave their heads. Yeah, those, those are dumb people. <laughs> the technique created... Anyway, the, the the use of this method has only been used in mice, but yada, yada, yada. This simple method is very robust and promising, Fuyata said. We hope this technique will improve... Fukuda. We hope this technique will improve human hair... Wait, you're actually oh, wait. not doing the... I'm sorry. This simple method, very robust and promising. We hope this technique will improve human hair regenerative therapy as a treat hair loss is a androgenic alpaca (laughs) alpaca in fact we have preliminary data that suggests human hfg formation using human antibody cells man i don't understand i don't know what you just said (laughs) that guy's the worst he can't speak well hey what got some sad news oh i know this broke my heart yeah i mean i might need a moment of silence this just in yeah nigel oh yeah the world's loneliest bird i feel so sorry for that bird he died. What? Nearby the concrete decoy, oh, the decoy that he loved. Nigel. That's a really sad story. The next time you complain about being forever alone, please remember this plague is not just limited to humans. Here's Nigel, a handsome gannet bird who lived on a desolate island off the coast of New Zealand. He died suddenly this week. The that- bird was lured to Mana Island five years ago by wildlife officials who shall be held accountable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got on a little soapbox there. In hopes of establishing a colony there of little gannet birds, whatever those are, and they, they place concrete decoys of those birds on cliff sides and broadcast the sound of the species calls. So they were dishonest from the beginning. They Absolutely. were They were entrapping the bird. It was bird. a trick. Nigel accepted the invitation. Hey, mate, seems like I want to go over there. Hey, fellas, y'all hear that? I was like, hey, hey. Seems like I might want to go over there. <laughs> That's like Sounds, sirens. I think I hear my friends over there. Here I go. I've been looking for them everywhere. And Nigel accepted. Him. I'm going to accept this invitation right now. <laughs> RSVP, whatever that means. All right. Going to go now, everybody. Going to be going over there where you hear the birds. That's my friends over there. Should I keep going? No. <clears throat> Nigel accepted the invitation around, arriving in 2013 as the island's first gannet, gannet, whatever, in 40 years, but none of his brethren joined him. What? Hey, what? Birds of a feather, you, my butt. You guys are a bunch of stiffs. <laughs> Nobody's saying a word. They didn't flock together at all. Come on, everybody. Let's play the kookaburra song. <laughs> According, but don't tell men it works. Don't tell men it works. According to the officials, he built a, he built a nest, groomed his, uh, groomed his feathers and whatnot. Oh, he built this decoy of He did. And there's all kind of photographs of him, like, laying on this decoy and loving it. This is sad. It really is. It's heartbreaking. Whether or not he was alone, whether or not he was lonely, he certainly never got anything back, and it must have been a very strange experience. Conservation ranger Chris Bell, who also lives on the island with a 
uh, with a decoy of himself. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> told the paper, I think we've all fell for this once or twice. I'm here with my decoy right there. That's not what he said I at like all. to call him Roger. <laughs> He's a cold fella. Uh, Chris, Chris Bell, who lives on the island, told the paper, I think we all have a lot of empathy for him. Because he had the, uh, he had this fairly hopeless situation. Yes. Us being liars and all. You know, tricking him into coming here. Eventually, Nigel was found dead in his unrequited love. That's pitiful. You think Nigel was talking to this uh, decoy saying, well, if, you, if you're that unhappy, just you fly think, away. You think all those, those quote-unquote decoy, <laughs> decoys snapped out of their catatonic state went, all right, wait, hey, we're awake now. He went, ah! <laughs> Where killed, is he? Killed him. Where's Nigel? Present. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a cronut i don't know what that is it's a croissant donut a cronut you know they were really hugely popular in new york well now where do we live now we have where do we live we live in middle tennessee why would i know that why would i know that what's going on in new york it was big news that's like out the, of the cronuts country. that's like going out of the country to go to new york but now we got headline is the taco is born a flaky mashup of a taco and a croissant. You're a flaky mashup. The taco is the latest foodie trend to take over Instagram. Viva la tarte debuted the part taco part croissant creation in January. That's croissant. As a croissant of colle boom boom. The San Francisco bakery offers three versions of the new taco. There's a pulled pork taco with pineapple. There's a chicken taco with avocado, Ooh, okay. and there's a barbecue taco with jackfruit. What's jackfruit? You. <laughs> the, the bakery's creative director, Jimmy Houghton. You know Jimmy? You remember him? Uh, yeah. Old yeah. man Houghton's boy? Yeah, he'd mix anything up. He explained how the taco was born in an interview with you know, the, what, SF Gate. Jimmy was talking about mixing Cheetos with ice cream at one point. <laughs> Jimmy was not. That sounds delicious, though. I love sweet and, and, and salty at the same time. Man. That's why Cracker Jacks are so good. That's why I like hanging out here, because I'm so sweet, you're salty. Whatever. We took we took our regular croissant dough. I, this, he's in San Francisco. Should I read it like a San Francisco? Croissant. We took our regular no, croissant. No. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that's how they talk. I've been to San Francisco. That's not how they talk. I'm just joking. They talk like hippies, man. I know, dude. You were just groovy. You just profiled. And like we a, took was... our regular croissant dough, like we make and try to fill it with pulled pork or with chicken. We found that the flavors didn't combine well. The pastry was way too rich, way too buttery, way too sweet. Was he from Texas or something? Wait a minute. There's no such thing as a pastry way too rich, way too buttery, or way too sweet, is there? No. I didn't think so. I'm willing to try. We went back to the drawing board, and we said it needs to be saltier. needs to be a bit more savory, like that ice cream Craig's always talking about. Yeah, that ice cream. A Viva La Tarte spokesperson told BuzzFeed the bakery will likely add more flavors, including a potential breakfast version. Do you ever have one of those tacos made out of the egg? Nope. I heard they were disgusting. That's not what the Illuminati said. Food mashup crazes have been what they think. constant since New York's city's Dominique Ainsel Bakery created the uber-popular Cronut. Wait. You have to take an Uber to get it? Yes. Or they have, in Uber tri- they have them in Ubers? A croissant donut in 2013. A croissant. A croissant. San Francisco responded with the Cruffin, a croissant, muff- a croissant muffin in 2015. So now the Bay Area has also added the taco. What? What's wrong with you? This just in. We got. Actually, came in a while ago. 
like a few days ago. Yeah. SpaceX has received permission from the U.S. government to launch Elon Musk's car towards Mars. Now, why is he doing this, I wonder? Because he's stupid. Like he the, is not. Just like the Illuminati. <laughs> stupid idiots. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Cape, Can- Cape Canaveral, Florida. SpaceX this week is preparing to launch Falcon Heavy. The That'd biggest be a great rocket. name for a band. Yeah, Falcon Heavy. Falcon Heavy, the biggest rocket in the company's history for the first time. The 230-foot-tall three-booster launcher is scheduled to blast off Tuesday between, which has already happened, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday between 1.30 and 4.30 p.m. Oh, that's about when you can get cable installed. Well, yeah, they're not going to tell you when it's going to take off. You just have to be home during that time. Right, from 1.30 to 4.30. SpaceX says Falcon Heavy is the most powerful rocket in the world. SpaceX, well, so you know what? Honestly, yeah. Kim Jong Un said he's got one much more powerful. Yeah, and his controls the weather. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm thank tempted. you. Since you brought him up, I should play this theme song. No, you should. We haven't heard it in no, so but long. This isn't about him. <sighs> um, let's see. SpaceX's founder Elon Musk wanted to test launch. Uh, wanted the test launch to happen as early as 2013, though he recently said it could end in an explosion. That would be a damper on things. Yeah, you know, a lot of rocket. Uh, blast in the explosions again north korea instead of putting a standard mass simulator or dummy payload atop falcon heavy musk who once launched a wheel of cheese into orbit will put his personal 2008 midnight cherry red tesla roadster on top of the monster rocket man it's a sharp car oh it has to be to break through the atmosphere <laughs> in, an, in an instagram post over the weekend musk also revealed that the car would carry a dummy driver so are you he, going so, up so he's going <laughs> are you going craig yeah which musk is no one of those illuminati guys which musk is calling starman wearing a spacex uh spacesuit uh i want a spacex <laughs> spacesuit Test flight. I don't know how Musk talks. I'm just going to do it normal. Test flights. He talks uh, like a normal human being. No, he's being. got an accent. T- test flights of new uh, test tights. <laughs> test flights of new That's rockets. That's what ballerinas wear yes. when they're just breaking in new dances. Yeah. Uh, test tights. Flights <laughs> of new rockets usually contain mass simulators in the form of concrete or steel blocks. That seemed extremely boring. Yeah, Musk said an Instagram post in December. And his company is not a boring uh, company. Uh, you know what this means, don't you? What? I'm you, not going to make it to this show. You okay? <laughs> you know, he's talking about uh, he didn't want it to be extremely boring. And then I yawned. Yeah. So what does that say about And it's story? not a boring company. Anyway. Actually, it's um, the boring company. They decided to send something unusual, something that made us feel. Feel what? However, all rocket payloads need a permit from the Federal Aviation Administration to launch, and Musk's sleek electric car is no exception. The FAA granted SpaceX that permission on Friday in a staunchly formal notice, which Keith Cowing posted on NASA Watch. Space Exploration Technologies is authorized authorized to conduct a flight of the Falcon Heavy uh, launch vehicle from Launch Complex 39A at Kennedy Space Center transporting the modified Tesla Roadster mass simulator to a hyperbolic orbit, the FAA permit said. So let's talk about So they're about not worried it. about this car falling off the end of the thing. Absolutely not. I mean, they've had successful launches, and so this rocket, I think, is ready. I've had a few successful launches. <laughs> you know, when Obama canceled NASA, when he closed NASA, well, I was... Defunded. Well, closed it, yeah, defunded, just 
took it away. It was gone. It's gone. The dumbest thing we ever did, I think, and maybe I'm I, I'm just talking out of my back end here, but I think we got rid of the space shuttle. Yeah, that was one of the. I mean, we've had sure we had a couple of yeah. them accidentally. You know. And see, that's the attitude I had. But it was at such the time. a the space shuttle so cool. It's a it's an airplane that can go into space and then land. Yes, it's awesome. And without the space shuttles that we sent into space we would not have cell phones we we, we wouldn't have we already uh, had cell phones no no we did not the we technology did. they used it's changed um we had cell phones well before the space no shuttle went up. no sir yes we did i remember space shuttles you remember the explosion that I happened remember, in the early 80s okay but yeah. way before that snapperhead we had we had a, when i was a little kid we had a real estate agent that would come to the house and he had a phone in his car so my the, mom had a the phone, phone in car. the phone would honk its horn when the phone would yeah ring. my mom had one but that's not a cell phone that was not a cell phone. It was a phone. It was a phone, yes. What did it, with a wire connected to a battery and a, and a phone. Well, how did it make the phone call? Did he climb up on a phone pole the same and connect way, it? No, they used uh, CB technology, citizen you, band you, technology. You used CB technology. <laughs> anyway, with the te- technology that the we te- discovered te- in the space you know, shuttle just, program. You know, you know, I'm actually just arguing just because. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't I'm know, used to it. I really don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just arguing. <laughs> The uh, space shuttle technology has brought us cell phones as we know them today, as well as satellites, you know, everything, all kind of stuff in our life. So Obama does away with NASA. And I'm like, I'm so furious. But then when Elon Musk comes along and opens SpaceX, starts space, it it dawned on me, this is the way it should have been from the beginning. It should have been commercial. It's like space neutrality should never happen. (laughs) Never happen. You're impossible to talk to. You know what? Impossible. But I got this little wizard guy with a crown. Yes, you head do. I got out of a kindergarten. I'm egg. going to this next story. This no, next story. Was that yours or mine? That that was yours. Oh, this is yours. Dang it. I wanted a but chili But this was submitted story, by you, though. Chili powder, powder story. <sighs> Headline is, curry house owner threw chili powder in customer's eyes after he complained about rubbery chicken. Complained about a rubber chicken? And it, yeah. And it, the guy had it in his jacket. A curry house owner attacked a customer by throwing chili Wait, powder. Who does who doesn't like a rubber chicken? They are so funny. They are funny. To this day, they're still funny. I don't know why they're funny, but they're funny. You could put a rubber chicken in in the hands of the crankiest guy in the world, and it would be funny. It would be funny. Yeah, it's like you you could buy comedic It's laughter laughter in a package. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And they squeak. Some do. Some don't. Some don't. So the flat ones don't. The originals. Hmm. Yeah. A curry I'm house. Glad, I'm glad we got that out there. Yeah, open. me too. A curry house owner attacked a customer by throwing chili powder in his eyes after a complaint about rubbery chicken, a court heard. Chef Kamrol Islam, 47, has gone on trial. What? At Methyl Difel Crown Court. Accused of causing David Evans' actual bodily harm while he was dining at the Prince of Bingo. The Prince of Bingo? In Tony Pandy. South Wales. <laughs> you know, you think we're making this up. <laughs> Opening the case on Monday, Stephen Donahue for the prosecution said Islam, who claims he acted in self-defense, started swearing at Mr. Evans and his wife, Michelle, after they complained about their food. He said, uh, the defendant was the owner of the Prince of Bingo Curry restaurant, and as a result of the complaint about the food, a dispute arose. He sounds a little bit like Walter Cron- Cronkite. The prosecution case is that the defendant grabbed a handful of chili powder and threw it in the face of David Evans, thereby causing him difficulties with his eyes. It's the chili powder challenge. I saw Hulk Hogan do the same thing with the Ultimate Warrior one time. Okay, just like the Illuminati, (laughs) 
And just like the Kubrick films that you keep talking about, jurors were told Mr. Wrestling is fake. Evans went for their meal around 7 p.m. and were eating their main dishes when the waiter approached them and asked if they were happy for the, with their food. Mr. Donahue said, it is reported to the waiter that they were not really happy, and he said that the chicken in particular was tough and rubbery. The court heard that the waiter left the, the table. sounded like he was from deep Georgia. It kind of sounds like somebody may be from uh, Green Acres. Who asked them if the problem was in an aggressive and difficult manner. The court heard Islam started swearing at the couple about the complaint and said, It's blank and tandoori chicken. It's supposed to be rubbery. Miss Evans then touched Islam's arm before he said, Don't blank and touch me and walked toward the kitchen. I didn't know Islam had arms. Islam accepted uh, that he threw the powder in police interviews, but said that he acted in self-defense in the alleged attack in January. Mr. Evans said uh, Mr. Evans was unhappy. Oh, Mr. Evans was unhappy about his wife had been spoken to in that manner and was demanding an apology from him. The court heard that Mr. Evans followed Islam and stood in the doorway of the kitchen. Mr. Donahue said it was at that point that the defendant had some chili powder in his hand that he acquired in the kitchen and he threw it in the face of Mr. Evans. Mr. Evans' reaction was immediate and obvious. He doubled over in pain. I'm sure he did. You take chili powder to the eyes, you're going to double over in pain, Craig. I believe you. Yeah. He was taken to the hospital where a saline drip was used to clean his eyes. Saline drip? I'd want like a fire hose of saline. Yeah, exactly. We cleaned his eyes and was found to have suffered burns where the spice landed on him. This is in China's toilet revolution is flush with lavish lose. Oh, good old play on words. Yes. Filthy, stinky, scarce, and hard to find. Oh, toilet. that's how they, they described you. <laughs> that is also true. That's what the Illuminati said. Yeah, I doubt it. They said filthy, stinky, scarce. If the Illuminati's real, then you control everything. How about you control, get us about a million listeners next month? <laughs> this month. I'm telling you, they do not take tests like that. They're not going to accept your pawny little tests. Because they're sissies. <laughs> China's toilet... Re- okay, we did that already. Filthy, stinky, scarce, and hard to find. Toilet paper, soap, hot water, and hand dryers are too much to ask. Consider yourself lucky if you're the person before you aimed correctly and remembered to flush. That's what many Chinese public bathrooms are like. According to the authorities, some 4.3 billion domestic and overseas visitors are subjected to these embarrassing conditions at China's tourist spots each year. So in April 2015, China President Xi Jinping, uh, what do you, JP, XJ, <laughs> XJP, called for a toilet revolution. An all-out war on unhygienic bathroom conditions at tourist attractions. You say you want a toilet revolution. Forget all the people that live there. He just wants to take care of the tourist areas. Three years later, China has spent 21 billion yuan, yuan, $3 billion, building or renovating 68,000 public bathrooms and tourist sites in major cities and in rural areas. Authorities are improving uh, quantity distribution and management as well as making facilities more environmentally friendly and attempting to clean up users behavior while How are they most, doing that i don't know well, they got monitors in there maybe monitor lizards you don't make mess <laughs> you clean that up here's a mop while most cities simply aspire to make bathrooms cleaner and more available, others went overboard on lavish loos. Potty pioneer Linfen has been building strange and fancy restrooms since 2008. The coal mining hub has 45-star public toilets, 12 four-star toilets, and 60 standard bathrooms. 
Facilities resemble castles, libraries, homes, and even human faces. The star <laughs> How'd you like to have that? <laughs> Your face is a John. The star designations are assigned by China's National Tourism Bureau, the city which the government named an excellent city in Toilet Revolution in 2017, plans to add Wi-Fi, ATMs, newsstands, and electric vehicle charging stations to its public bathrooms. Good grief, that's a lot. That's a lot to say. Headline is, police pull over a car and oranges come tumbling out. When the oranges come tumbling down. You should have seen a photo of this. Lots of oranges. Packed to. to. to the roof. Don't want to. Police in Seville, Spain, came if across it, the bizarre peanut butter or Nutella. I want it. Came across the bizarre scene when they pulled over two cars after a short chase, according to Europa Press. You could be in that a short chase. <laughs> Officers suspected something wasn't quite right when they saw the cars driving very close together. When they tried to pull the cars over, the cars took off. A short chase through a dirt road followed. Inside the vehicles, police found the oranges. Later, they found a truck also packed with oranges. Altogether, police recovered more than four tons of oranges. Next day, police were selling oranges. Four tons of oranges and three vehicles, Craig. Think about it. And these weren't big cars. Is this against the law? The drivers claimed they were... This is what got me. The drivers claimed that they were coming from very far away and had been stopping and collected oranges along the way. (laughs) They were just obsessed. But the cops didn't buy it. They later learned the oranges were stolen from a shipment. That they charged the five people, a couple, their adult son, and two brothers with theft. Wow. So you've got five people in three cars with four tons of oranges. That's a lot. That is a whole lot. Hey, I can get behind this story, this next one. Just, I figured you'd like this. This one just came in. Well, I've seen King of Kong. Have yeah, I have it? too. Oh, yeah. And Billy Mitchell is oh, one Billy of those Mitchell. guys you want to punch in the face, just like one of those guys from the Illuminati. Billy! Billy Mitchell is a caricature. Billy. The guy is a scam artist, and this is going to prove it once and for all. He reminds me of Carrie. Yeah. Your friend, Larry Calker. Our friend. What do you mean, my friend? You guys could go on a short chase. (laughs) Arcade legend Billy Mitchell (laughs) accused of using emulator in record Donkey Kong run. How do you like that shout out, Carrie? (laughs) We could go on a short race. Jerry Stalker. The competitive retro gaming scene has been rocked by scandal once again less than a week after Todd Rogers was stripped of his world record time. Did you know about that? Did you know they stripped him from that? Uh, uh, Why would they strip somebody? (laughs) So here's the deal. I don't know that, but I'm trying to find out right now, but you are interrupting me. So if you could just sit over there. No, it shocked me. I didn't know about that until I read this story because that record has been around forever. I remember when we were kids, that record was around. I don't remember anything about Dragster. I just know. I just remember the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I was on such a roll there. I was reading you right through cooking, the whole thing. But then you started making fun of Carrie. Less than a week after Todd Rogers was stripped of his world record time in the Atari Twenty Six Hundred game, Dragster overclaims that his score of five point five one seconds was technically yes. impossible. The yeah. record had stood for thirty five years. The spotlight has turned to a far more prominent figure. Is it prominent figure? Prominent figure. In the competitive gaming community, Billy Mitchell, an arcade legend, uh, an arcade legend in his own mind, and one of the most uh, polarizing characters in the 2007 documentary *The King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters*, is now under the microscope. He must be really small. <laughs> no, it's just a really big microscope. Over claims that some of his high scores in Donkey Kong were generated in MAME, which is an uh, open source arcade emulator. It's multi multiple arcade machine emulator i think is what it stands for very good i didn't know that uh, and i've got mame mame's awesome and uh, i mean i don't have it 
Mary, Mary. Someone else has got it. I don't have it. An open source arcade emulator uh, and not on the original arcade software. So they're saying he did this on an emulator, not the original game. Exactly. Allegations and evidence. Lots of animated GIFs against Mitchell were recently published on a Twin Galaxies forum. Twin Galaxy is the official um, arcade that keeps all these records and all these scores. They're the, they're the official. Um, the case largely boils down to the technical differences in how the game is rendered on screen on an original hardware cabinet and through the MAME emulator. The use of MAME isn't forbidden with regard to Donkey Kong when it comes to world uh, record scores. The issue seems to be that Mitchell allegedly tried passing off runs conducted in MAME as having been done on original hardware um, because the MAME runs, or him playing the game on MAME, goes through a different uh, approval process. Okay. Uh, because so that would be probably like- more chances of people actually fudging stuff, because you can actually go into, if you knew what you were doing, you'd probably go in there and change the file, you know, make it look like you scored certain ways. Yeah. For a full technical breakdown of the claim, uh, you can check out a post on Twins Galaxy's website. Uh, the person, Zelnia, or whatever their name is, also happens to be the moderator. This is the person that brought it all to the attention of Twin Galaxies. They're the moderator of the Donkey Kong Forum and has removed Mitchell's score of a million sixty-two thousand eight hundred from Donkey Kong Forum's high list, uh, high score list. What many in the community are waiting to see, however, is how Twin Galaxies approach the matter. They ought to shoot that guy to the moon. <laughs> Put him on that rocket in uh, Elon Musk's car. Yeah, let him be the dummy driver. Headline is: Missing California woman was actually just competing on The Bachelor. Did you hear about this? She's missing because nobody was watching The Bachelor? <laughs> no. That, a woman who was reported as missing in Humboldt County was found this week in a rather visible place, the reality series The Bachelor. Rebecca Martinez, age 22 of Fresno, was reported missing. Becky? Yeah, old Becky uh, Martinez yeah. was reported missing on November 18th by her mother, who told the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office that her daughter had gone to the area to work on a marijuana farm. <laughs> <laughs> the North Coast Journal included Martinez in a cover story featuring images of 35 people listed as missing in Humboldt County on the California Department of Justice's website. The story titled The Humboldt 35, Why Does Humboldt County Have the Highest Rate of Missing Persons Reports in the State? It was published on Facebook on Thursday in a post that asked readers if they recognized anyone. <laughs> Can you imagine people seeing this woman from The Bachelor on there? Amy Bonner O'Brien of Trinidad was the first to respond on the Facebook post and identify Martinez as a contestant on the current season of The Bachelor. <laughs> My sister always lo- uh, calls me Sherlock Holmes, O'Brien said. Is I was because he wears the funny hat and has the pipe? <laughs> she was just scrolling through 35 missing people, and she recognized some of them from news stories. But when I got to her, she said, I was like, wait a minute. She looks so familiar, and I instantly thought of The Bachelor. O'Brien doesn't regularly tune into The Bachelor, but on a recent visit to see her sister, they watched the season's first episode together. On The Bachelor, Martinez got attention for her 14-year age difference with the lead, Ari Lundick Jr., yeah name i don't know she has been actively posting on instagram and twitter since she was reported missing and often posts about appearing on the show when her bizarre story was reported by the media on february 2nd she tweeted a message referring to the photo used in the missing persons that was probably the in my top five worst stories we've ever oh i think it's an awesome story you got a woman in a story on missing people and this woman's not missing she's actually on television it's just not as good as a Florida story. It's pretty good and weird, though. In Florida, I went 
This just in, Florida lawmakers are cracking down on fake interpreters during hurricane briefings. I wish they wouldn't do this, because that's one of my favorite things on earth, is to when, when, when these people get busted for being fake interpreters. Never mind that people's uh, lives are in danger. You want entertainment. <laughs> exactly. Florida. That's what it starts with. Florida. Yeah. A House panel has unanimously approved a bill which would require officials to only hire a qualified sign language interpreter for televised hurricane briefings. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be already, That's a, what I was about that to already say. a thing? That should be a thing already. The move comes after a news conference, uh, a news conference on Hurricane Irma in Manatee <laughs> County last year when a sign language interpreter translated about 95% gibberish, according, I'm sorry, including warnings about pizza and a big bear instead of safety tips. Unfortunately, it's not just happening during weather warnings. Well, that guy was actually doing that about pizza and Big Bear. He knows some sign language. He does. Or it just happened by accident. Yeah. Because he's seen people do sign language. Uh, It's not happening just during weather warnings. During a news conference in Tampa about the arrest of the Seminole Heights killer, uh, a sign language interpreter translated a whole mess of nonsense. It turns out that uh, that woman, Darylin Roberts, has a string of arrests for fraud. I just, I just didn't ask enough questions, says Tampa Police Public Officer Steve, who talks like a woman for some reason, <laughs> Haggertly, who says in uh, Two Tales Inside Edition that the woman just showed up out of the blue and offered her services. My immediate reaction was I didn't call for a sign language interpreter, but that's great <laughs> that we have one here. Hey, everybody, look. He I'll let her in. in. You and I need to try to do this. <laughs> Go down to Channel 4, <laughs> knock on the door. To the untrained eye, and that would include mine, I didn't see any problem. Democratic rep oh. uh, uh, Representative Richard Stark uh said while he first chuckled at the news account uh for hearing impaired residents this is anything but funny. are you kidding me i bet you they were rolling can you imagine they weren't about to die from the hurricane interpreters would have to be certified by the national registry of interpreters for the deaf and the and the florida registry for interpreters for the deaf i'm saying don't stop it I, i mean try to find them and if they get through let them have their fun Move on. You remember the one though that 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 did uh, Mandela's funeral? Yes. Oh, that's the great. He's the king daddy of all of them. I think you're just a little too excited about this. <laughs> Headline is: Swiss University unveils yodeling degree. Do you know you can get a degree in yodeling? No, 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 I didn't. Uh. Yodelers in Switzerland have something to sing about after a university revealed it will offer degrees in the alpine art form. The Lucran University of Applied Scientists, that's Sciences, Lucerne. and Lucerne. Arts, Lusa. We'll run That's the a, Lucifer University of Applied Scientists. <laughs> we'll run a three-year bachelor's degree and a two. You get a master's degree in your night. The course will begin in the 2018-19 academic year. Yodeling is a form of singing which involves wobbling the voice up and down. Do we really need to say what yodeling is? I think our listeners are they, smart they enough. They can just listen to you and tell what yodeling. Is. It was a tradition. It was traditionally used by Swiss herdsmen. To meet, communicate in the mountains, but later adopted by musicians for its entertainment. Communicate in the mountains. I think you said with the mountains. Did you? Did they really say for its entertainment potential? Yeah. What's entertaining about it's more irritating than entertaining. Very irritating. Lusa is the first university in Switzerland to unveil a yodeling degree. There's probably a good reason for that. The course will be led. You know who's going to lead it? Nadja Ross. Nod, Nadja, Nadja Ross. Nadja Ross. Yeah. yeah, she's that prize-winning Swiss yodeler with her own academy in yeah, Zurich. Yeah, you know. she is. Michael Kaufman, who heads the university's music department, said he was thrilled by the development. He was thrilled. Yeah. 
we have long dreamed of offering yodeling at the university. Well, they yeah, it's been a long dream. <laughs> they, they need to get a life is what they need. And with Nadia Ross, we got number one. It was an absolute stroke of luck for us. The Swiss papers told St. Galler Tagblatt. Tagblatt it. Tagblatt it. I was thinking the same thing. As well as the time-honored vocal techniques, trainees will study musical theory, history, and a business module. Applications will be open on February the 28th, and three or four students are expected to be chosen. That's going to be a small class. Those, they just look for the ones that are getting beat up on campus. <laughs> That's the class. They, they can't take more than three. No. I'm nuts. Yodeling is enjoying something of a resurgence in Switzerland. Even featured on a successful chart albums last year, in 2014, the Swiss government said it would apply to get UNESCO World Heritage status for the singing style. Good luck with that. Time for the Mark Hatch Top 10. Top 10 weirdest things you can major in. So if you're going to go to college, kids, these are, these are the top 10 weirdest things you can major in. And, and, and yodeling didn't make the list. Nope. But number 10, meme studies. What would... I don't even understand that. I mean, I get you're memes. Just studying memes on the web. I don't know why that would be useful in society. <laughs> I don't know. Well... Marketing, maybe I don't know. Mm. Number nine, auctioneering. Hey, no, that's a living. It's weird though. Uh, number eight, surf science and technology, dude. That's right, dude. Surfs up. Number seven, bowling industry management. Really, I could do that. I could manage a bowling alley. <clears throat> okay. Uh, number six of the top ten weirdest things you can major in. Number six, Beatles, popular music, and society. Well, which is it? All of them. Oh, it's one class. Yeah. Beatles. Major major in Beatles. Beatles. Number five. Piper Dune. Yeah, we've got you beat me to it. <laughs> I got a Piper Dune. We got a Piper Dune. Bagpiping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh let's see. Number Do they clean those with pipe cleaners? I don't know. Because they're pipes. Darn it. Um Darn it. Top ten weirdest things you can major in. I don't know what farrier science is. What's that? That's where you study farriers. Farriers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number three, turf grass science. That's what uh, Mr. Brady and the Brady Bunch. He probably studied that. Did you think? Well, that's I thought he had. was an architect. Well, in their backyard, it was covered in turf. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't know where that came from. I don't either. Number two. I'm glad you got this because I can't say this word. Number two. Number two. Number two. Top weirdest things you can major in. Ready? Yeah. Ventriloquism. I was trying to do it without moving my lips. You did, did pretty you? good there. Ventriloquism. Number one, the number one top ten weirdest thing you can major in, mortuary science. Hey, that's money. Mortuary, everybody dies. That's money. Yeah, that's one thing. And it ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. Dying in America is very expensive. It is. Yes. Well, Craig, it's been a, an exciting episode. Episode 148, now in the books. I'd like to thank our friend Kerry Walker for being such a good sport. Mark Patch creating our beautiful theme music hope you feel better buddy thanks yeah i'll still be sick next week bounce back you said you didn't get the tacos from the illuminati nope no banjo with three strings no tacos transit comes alive side b on a track but you feel like i do and a squeegee that planet
Dag planet. Darn it.